Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, today on Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast, we have a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Carrie Wilder. I'm so excited to have her here today. As you folks who listen to me regularly know, uh, everyone has a story, and I like to give a voice to those women who have a meaningful and compelling story, and Carrie is one of those people. You can tune in to Freeman Means Business on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and other great channels on the web. First of all, let me say how happy am I and lucky am I to have you on the show today, Carrie. Welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. She's a busy girl, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Uh, she is a world traveler, and she just celebrated her birthday. I had fun watching her on social media. Carrie, tell us what you did for your birthday. Well, I was in my hometown of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and so I got to celebrate with family and friends, and as usual, there was good food, there was wine, my favorite uh, chocolate and dark, uh, dark chocolate and peanut butter cake, and I like to do something that I call dynamic, um, because I'm not adults. Some people don't like, like to take that too well. And so I like to organize games. So we had a lot of laughs around the table. It was, it was a good time was had by all. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And I wouldn't, I'm not surprised at all. That's the kind of person you are and always have been. So before we begin the podcast in full, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you, but many listeners won't. So tell us a bit about you. Okay, well, I am, like, like I said, I am from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I um, actually, I mean, I grew up between Minnesota and Louisiana, and then I went to college in Washington, D.C. at uh, Georgetown University. I, um, I actually studied uh, at the School of Foreign Service in Georgetown, thinking that I was going to be an ambassador and travel the world in the Foreign Service. And somehow I got sidelined into the hospitality industry, working part-time at hotels while I was in Washington. And so by the time I graduated, uh, um, I, uh, I was working for the Washington Hilton, and I had done a study abroad uh, my junior year in college and in Buenos Aires in Argentina, and I really wanted to go back to Buenos Aires, so I interviewed with Hyatt International. They have a, um, at that time, they had an exciting international management training program, and they just so happened to be opening the Park Hyatt Buenos Aires, so I said, hey, I think I'll see if I can get back to Buenos Aires and get some more international experience and maybe it'd be more exciting to go into the international hotel business than working around the world in consulates and embassies. So that's kind of how I, I continued along the path of the international hotel business. And I, I, I did go to work for Hyatt for about seven years. And then I went into the consulting business, um, basically developing hotel projects in South America, helping investors uh, get their uh, projects off the ground, and then also working with 
operating hotels, helping them maximize um, service quality, helping them maximize sales, training their staff, doing marketing and communications, just kind of 360 services for uh, the hotel industry. And then about a year and a half ago, um, I was recruited to join Expedia Group, and um, I'm now the director for Expedia for Spanish South America. So this is all of, all of South America except for Brazil. So I run about nine countries in South America. And so it's, um, it was a big change moving into the online world and a technology company, uh, but something very, very exciting. And I've loved um, that, that change in, in my career. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. And it, yes, it's a lot of traveling because we've got, um, like I said, nine countries. I, I've got uh, teams of people in four different countries. And then we, we have to visit all of the markets where we run the hotel supply for all of Expedia Group's online brands. I'm sure you know uh, Hotels.com, Expedia, Travelocity, Orbitz, Trivago. Um, and so what, what I do is I manage um, all of the hotel supply for all of these these brands and it's a um actually the hotel business and the travel the online travel business is is growing uh in south america faster than any other place in the world so it's an exciting time to be in this business and in south america and, that's amazing and, and besides that i try to yeah, and I try to see my husband and my three kids and uh, two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. So I'm blown away uh, by the transition that you made. I think that you did choose the much more fun uh, route in your career path. Uh, I use Expedia and all those outlets that you named uh, quite frequently in my travels as well. Um, and I, I follow you again, like I, I said to the listeners, I follow you on social media and I get to see some of the wonderful places you go. And folks, if you did not detect her amazing, beautiful accent, she speaks Spanish and writes it fluently and beautifully. And I just love it. So it's so great to see um, a hometown friend uh, grow up and have such a global worldview and an opened mind. And I, I just absolutely love it. It's nice that you gave a shout out to your family and your, and your uh, kids and your husband and your dogs and all that. That's great. I was going to ask you, how do you have time for that? Or do they often travel with you? Well, um, you know, and I think that, that this is something that I have been very lucky that I've been able to do throughout my career is make time for my family. And I've had jobs where I have have been very demanding time-wise. The hotel business uh, is intrinsically uh, time demanding. And so when I went into consulting, I was able to manage my time a little bit more. So that was good when my kids were younger and I could take on more projects or less projects according to kind of what my kids' schedules were or if my husband was... Um, was at a time in his career was he was traveling a lot and so um so this opportunity with expedia actually came at a 
perfect time where my oldest child, she's now living in New York. I have a son in college and my youngest child is uh, a junior in high school. So I feel like this is where it's my time now to once again, I can really push the accelerator down on my career. And um, I definitely will not have the empty nest syndrome because I'm not at home. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and, and I, and, and, you know, I was, I was on a plane the other day and I was, you know, I looked over and I saw a young couple with two little kids and they were struggling and this, this, a little bit of nostalgia washed over me like, oh goodness, you know, I'll never be with these little kids that are fighting to sit next to mommy or daddy. And then I thought, wow, but you know what? I've got this, I've got this, you know, this great corporate career again where I'm traveling and I'm fulfilled and I have my objectives. And so I, I think that, um, to me, it hasn't been a straight path. There's been times where I've, 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 go, I've moved forward at different speeds and I've, I've done that according to kind of what the, my, my family's needs were. And, um, and I was afraid at times, you know, would, would that have an, a, a negative effect on my career? And I'm happy to say that it didn't. I'm, I'm at a place, you know, this is my dream job now. This is where I wanted to be when I graduated from college. If I said, you know, where do you want to be in 25 years? And I'm there, and I'm glad that I was had the courage to to know that you, you you can make a zigzag line, and you can still get to that same place. So I think that's a perfect segue. Um, it's really fascinating that you have ended up in your dream uh, career, and I will say, at such a young age, um, I think that's fantastic. I was going to ask you what is your proudest professional accomplishment, but I suspect it's this particular point in your career if not tell me tell me what is your proudest professional accomplishment um definitely i think this is it because it's uh like i said if if you had asked me when i graduated from college you know what do you want to be the pinnacle of your career and i would have said at one point i want to be in a global company and i want to have a regional position where I'm managing Latin America for a company. And, and that's what I'm doing today. So that's, uh, this is really, uh, I've made it to what I, what I set out to do many years ago. So who was your inspirational mentor throughout your career? Well, um, I have one person who's always inspired me from afar, and that has been, I love Madeleine Albright. Uh, Madeleine Albright, you know, she was the Secretary of State for the U.S., um, very uh, smart woman, tough woman, but, you know, she has her family, her husband, her children. Um, she's also a professor at Georgetown, so I've... Uh, and also studied, you know, international politics. Uh, she's an immigrant who came to the U.S. and um, and you know, she's she's the one who coined the phrase. Uh, There's a special place in hell for women who don't support <laughs> that phrase a lot. Yes, and, I use um, that too. I love that. So I, I think she's a woman who's and she's been sat down and done negotiations with the Russians. She's negotiated with um, NATO. And I just think she's, she's a woman who has um, 
shown that women can be, uh, you know, can be smart, they can be tough, but they can have a family. And um, so anyway, she's someone that I've always admired from afar. Well, I agree. I agree. So you speak about Georgetown. You know, I love the university. I wanted to go there, but didn't uh, for, uh, for reasons that some of you know, but it's still one of my favorite universities. And one of your, uh, one of your professors is my Shiro, Deborah mm-hmm. Tannen. Um, do you want to yeah. speak a bit about Deborah? <laughs> Yes, I had a class with her. It was probably one of my favorite classes. It was on cross-cultural communication. And um, and I just remember that class have learning so much. And, you know, now being in international business where I, I do work with people in so many different um, cultures and, and countries and even in my job where we all speak Spanish throughout South America, but there's different nuances and different, um, different words that's a different Spanish in every country. And so it's the importance of language in business and the importance of language in our, in our personal relationships as well. And I think that I learned so much and she's just a brilliant woman and how, um, and how sometimes we, we can misjudge relationships and we can misjudge interactions with people and we can be quick to judge. And really it was a problem of language. And, and, and so it's, uh, linguistics and it, it's, it's such a complex subject and differences between men and women, differences between different cultures. Um, and so it's, it was something that really just, it's almost like an, um, you know, we talk a lot today about unconscious, unconscious or subconscious bias, you know? And I think starting to talk about this before the subject ever really became mainstream and how language is different for men and women, for different uh, cultural groups. And so it was fascinating. And to this day, I, I learned so much from her. So I am, I am so envious that you were able to study with her and under her tutelage. She is just fantastic. I've read all of her books. I teach a lot of her works. I teach uh, gender-based communication style differences. And you're spot on. A lot of what we do is project from our own place and not realize that other people are speaking and coming from a different place. Let me ask you this. Um, you, you know that I am all about lifting women. That's the purpose of this podcast. It's one mm-hmm. outlet. Um, what do you think, how, how do you promote or advise other women to support women in business? Well, there's my, my motto, you know, there's a famous book called Lean In, and I, I haven't read it, but I, my, my motto is speak up. And I think what I do when I mentor women in Expedia or our friends, my motto is always to speak up. It's to speak up and to call out people um, to when they make comments uh, about women, 
Um, and I'll give you a very specific example. I was in a, a company event uh, not few many months ago, and a woman had come back from maternity leave, and a male colleague, she was talking about a, a, a subject, and a male colleague said, oh, well, you don't know, you haven't been around for the past few months. And, and I stopped him, and I called him out, and I said, hey, no maternity shaming. You know, it's, she hadn't been on vacation. She was right. on maternity leave. Right. And so, you know, and we can't just let these comments go and be quiet. And so it's, we have to speak up for ourselves, for other women, and um, speak up and, you know, be a more affirmative, speak up to negotiate better. So that's my key word is, is, uh, is, helping other women speak up, teaching women how to speak up in the workplace. Uh, I think that's key. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Speak up. So you know me, not all the listeners know me as well as you know me, but you know, I'm not afraid to speak up. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we have a lot of studies that I, I train people on um, in gender bias. One of those is called uh, maternal wall. And Joan Williams and her daughter, Rachel Dempsey, did a lot of work on maternal wall bias. And that's exactly what you're talking about, how because women uh, get pregnant, have children, have maternity leave, and then come back to work, they are definitely treated differently um, and, and face greater challenge. And, and sometimes it's by, you know, an innocent, unknowing, well-intentioned person. I'm sure that man didn't mean to say or do anything harmful. Um, but we still need to speak up. Like of course said. not. Right. Yeah. We need to raise awareness so that these people think before they speak. Uh, what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how, Carrie, did you overcome it? Well, my biggest challenge was when I first came to Argentina and my first job. And so this was probably 25 years ago. And a colleague called me aside to give me some uh, very candid feedback and said, Carrie, you know, your team, they hate you. <laughs> what? And, I can't even imagine. Uh, yes. And so I, you know, I was trying so hard to be perfect. And you know, I think being at that point very American, by the book, uh, be on time, you know, and very much, yes. you know, in the workplace, we have to do everything by the book and we can be friends outside of the workplace. But, you know, and, and I just realized, I didn't realize that there are cultural differences in the way uh, people work in Latin America and they need to be, they need to have a personal first and then they will perform better whereas you know i think in the u.s it's okay you perform well and then maybe we can start to get a little bit closer and so um i was devastated because as any overachiever and i thought i was doing everything perfectly and so i was crushed that I wasn't perfect and that people hated me and they were about to have a, you know, a mutiny on board my ship. And so, you know, after the initial shock, um, I, you know, I let it sink in and I thought, well, okay, 
I, then I have to change. And so I, you know, I started just, uh, I had daily meetings with my staff and I would come in in the morning and just start to talk and say, okay, what did I do in the weekends? How is everyone? How is your boyfriend? How is your mother? How are you today? Just, you know, being a nice, friendly person and trying to develop personal relationships. And it felt really unnatural to me at first. It felt very excessive. And, um, and, and so uh, that was, that was, you know, and I think it's just, and, and it was also probably the first time anyone ever gave me any type of feedback like that um, very early on in my career. And so that was, it was a good way to learn that that's the best gift that someone can give you. And it's tough at first, but if you, if you take it and you work with it, that's the only way to grow and to really, to really get better. So I think that I'm a little surprised that you got that feedback, but as you further explain the cultural differences, not only country to country, but industry to industry, even within the United States. Uh, so for example, in a law firm setting, it's much more formal than it would be in the hospitality industry. So I would have taken that by the book approach and in the law firm, but probably carried that over to another industry and gotten the same feedback as you. So I too have had to learn through feedback and sometimes it's not always positive feedback. And over the years I've learned that regardless, feedback is a sign of respect. So it's good this person taught you that and that you were able to change course uh, before right. you, know, you carried on. So I'm very impressed. Uh, you were always so kind and friendly and yes, an overachiever. She's, she's brilliant folks, very, very smart. Can you tell us something surprising that I don't know about you or a surprising fact that others don't know about you? Well, um, let's say lots of it. Well, I love to sing karaoke. That's like my guilty pleasure. And so just last week, part of the birthday celebration was in New York and doing the Korean karaoke. That is like, my biggest guilty pleasure. I love it. I want to bring it to Argentina. I want to open up Korean karaoke. I just think that is so much fun. And We're then I realized I was like the only person. We're going to have karaoke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. And my go-to song is Laura Branigan, Gloria. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a blast from the past. That's hilarious. So you're so much fun. You're so smart. You're so hardworking. You're a great mom. You're a great wife. Um, you're multilingual. You're quite successful. You've clearly learned that a key to success is adaptation. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, is there anything that you want to say to set the record straight or to inform people that they, they don't know or something you want them to do or cause you believe in or something they, you want them to know about you while we're on this podcast? Well, um, I think, you know, I think I was formed a lot by um, gratitude and I think, um, I think my passion and my joy for what I do just comes from a gratitude of, of every day, um, just living with gratitude. And I, I, I think for that. two reasons. Um, 
Number one is um, I lost my mother when I was very young. And, um, and so when you lose someone at a very young age, you realize that life is precious and that one day we're here and one day we're not. So I really, I really enjoy every minute and every day because I or next week so we have to enjoy people that make us laugh we have to enjoy people we have to enjoy things that are positive in our lives and I try to always be a positive influence in everywhere I go and everything I do and then secondly living in Latin America where there are so many people who have so little you see so much poverty and you see so much need it's um it also makes you very grateful for the opportunities that you had so the opportunities that i had to have a great education to grow up in a country with lots of freedoms and equality and opportunities um so it really makes you grateful and then you are, are constantly looking for opportunities to give and uh and it's one of the things i like about expedia as a company we're very involved in and community involvement. And um, so that's also something that's very important to me. And I think probably also the Jesuit education at, at Georgetown is also heavily relies on, uh, you know, in what you give back for this great opportunities and the gifts you've been given in life. So yes, I definitely uh, could, without a doubt, say that Carrie Wilder, you personify living in service to others. Um, for me, that's the purpose of life, is to live in service to others. You're definitely a giver. Um, I know that Expedia cares a lot about corporate social responsibility. Um, I get to Seattle every now and then to see clients and prospects, and uh, someday I hope to visit them, uh, and I will sing your praises for sure when I'm there. Uh, I think you're a fantastic woman. I think you're a great role model for the young ladies out there who are just starting out don't be afraid if you get negative feedback early on use it to change course and set the path in the right direction for the rest of your career so carrie if people want to know more about you how can they reach you well they can find me on linkedin and it's uh carrie wilder uh and you can also email me at uh, Carrie Wilder at gmail.com. Very nice. So, Carrie, I'm going to write a blog about our discussion today, and then I'll embed the podcast in that blog and I'll share it with you and the public. That way, if anyone wants to reach you, um, folks, this has been Carrie Wilder. I do believe that she is one of uh, the wonder women in business that I know, and I hope that you now know her too. Carrie, thanks so much for being with us today. My pleasure. I loved it. I can't wait to hear you on karaoke. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Oh, yeah. Bye, everybody.